0: Zion. On the Lord, Zion. Welcome everybody, this is Brother Frank with another episode of The Remnant Call and glad to have you here. Tonight's episode is serious and the reason it is serious is because we are living in a very serious time and uh, I don't know if you have been following lately, uh, I, obviously you've been following what's happening in the news, but it's in the spiritual world that has got me so concerned right now, folks, and... um Well, Lord willing, next week we're going to have Pastor Dana Coverstone on the Remnant Call to discuss some of the dreams that he believes the Lord has showed him. And folks, I'd just like to say this to begin with. I'm not telling you anybody that's coming on here's dreams from the Lord, but it is worth looking at praying over and asking God to confirm or to deny this. It is your responsibility. The thing that makes me the most interested is the amount of attacks that I have seen come out against this man who is simply trying to say a warning. And truthfully, the things he's been talking about are happening right now. And one that's got me the most concerned right now is the coming attack on the mind. And I want to speak about that tonight because it is so dangerous and you cannot afford to mess around. Let's pray. Father, in the name above every name, Jesus, I thank you. The power of the shed blood of the Almighty on that cross that was willing to come for a sinner such as myself is still a love that cannot be comprehended. So, Lord, I pray tonight that that blood that cleanses, that purifies, that washes, as your word says, Lord, would be over us here on the Remnant Call and those that would be listening and our families, Lord, that we would be prepared for the hour that is already here and for the intensity that is coming. Lord, I thank you and I ask it in Jesus Yeshua's precious and holy name, Father. Amen. Well, Pastor Coverstone on the 26th had another dream, and in that dream, he spoke specifically of an all-out frontal assault coming on ministry, on men of God, and and I'm sure this is women too, of people that are wanting to serve the Lord, especially those in ministry, but a spirit of lust and pornography on their minds. I mean, unbelievable attacks. And folks, we already know that is happening in the Christian world already, in those who are believers believers and so-called pastors and, and 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 everything and folks let me tell you right now don't just judge somebody because they have fallen into that trap because it can happen to anyone The truth is we need to not believe for one moment that we are immune to any kind of an attack. No matter how strong you may think you are, Peter thought he would never deny the Lord, yet he denied him. And we learn from Peter's denial to never trust the flesh that it can withstand an attack from Satan on its own. We must follow God because there is an attack on the fortress of your mind, and this is a warning message, folks. Because uh, let me just give you an example here. My friend and I uh, talking about these things that are going on, and, and and the attacks and different things growing up. Listen, folks, there was a time in my life. Okay, growing up, I remember in the Marines, I thought pornography was something every man just did. I didn't even really think that it was wrong at all. I thought it was just something that you did. Everybody talked about it. Nobody cared. It didn't really matter. But I had never, even back in the early 90s, 92, when I first went first in the Marine Corps, we didn't have all the access to the Internet and that kind of stuff anymore. You had to actually work to find some pornography. It was not that easy to do. If I would have been living in today's age growing up as a teenager, I don't even know. Only the grace of God himself could deliver me because I would have embraced this, being able to see that stuff nonstop. I I don't know how I could have handled it. And I, I'm telling you right now, we must, instead of looking to condemn, we need to start to pray to become coverings for our friends. So my friend Todd and I, talking about it, realized that we need to get together with other men around here and our families and begin to war in prayer over each other to be a covering for each other because we don't trust that each other can stand in their own flesh, but understanding that this hour is demanding a level of intensity that has never been seen before in modern day. This is the time when we step up our games because the attack on the fortress of your mind is so serious. That's why we are coming with this warning message here tonight. In this hour of deception, folks, it is on a scale, as I said before, that people have never known before. We're Things that were valued, as we've talked about, for thousands of years is right and wrong. Solid things we've always known that were right and wrong. I remember even back in the 90s uh, when Seinfeld was out, uh, not to, not to uh, come back to a show like that, but I'm just saying... I remember that if someone even in the 90s made a reference that you were gay, it was considered embarrassing. But today, that is what is on almost every show out there. They are flaunting in our faces and they want us to believe that it's okay. And you and many others, maybe not you directly, but many you know have accepted it and you've begun to question in your mind, well, maybe, maybe I didn't understand it or maybe they can't help it or, 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 you know, whatever the excuse may be. And so what happens is, your the conscience over time begins to be detuned and and we don't see those things as sin anymore and so that which we knew was wrong for so long we no longer uh, understand the war that is on because we've accepted the defeat and we've accepted the failure and now we call it christian christianity with a new modification and it's unfortunate i know amongst many that listen to this show you don't tolerate it but you know people that do and it's very sad and it's affecting people worldwide right now the war is being waged for the control of your mind dear brothers and sisters it is at the forefront of Satan's battle plan and my question for you right now is what are you going to do about it see I refuse to sit back and pretend like everything's okay because it's not okay and many of you know that it's not okay but has your prayer life changed at all Has the things that you've done in seeking God gotten more intense or have you just simply seen the hour and you're sitting back coasting like everything's okay? I'm not messing around tonight because I care about you and your family and it's time to put the foolish things away because it will not return to normal in the United States, ever. It doesn't matter if our economy skyrockets again, because the spiritual depravity of the United States is so bad. As you've heard it said before, if God doesn't judge America, he would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah, because Sodom and Gomorrah was never even close to as wicked as this country is right now. See, the truth is, is that this world is turning into a battle zone. And here in America, the war is now extremely deadly because it's not only killing people physically, as we see the riots in the street, but it is killing believers spiritually. The government is succeeding in so many places by social distancing you from those other believers in the faith so you don't see anymore, and it's and taking church groups away from each other. Look, folks, I, I, I'm not in for the mainstream churches, but there are still some good churches out there. There's still good pastors out there. There still good people out there. And the Bible says we should gather together even more as we see the day approaching. And so the devil is doing something through the government and being able to push us apart so that we don't see each other. And then we don't see each other and we don't touch each other and we don't hug each other and we don't love on each other. Our spiritual lives begin to decline. Folks, it's true. Everybody needs hugs every day. And I feel sad for those who can't get it. But folks, keep your head up because God has got your back. Even when you don't have people to fellowship, the Lord is here with you. And you know that the blurring of truth begins, unfortunately, with the children today. And in so many children in our families, we have to be that covering now for our children. See, folks, God understands that you as the—I'm going to speak to the men particularly— Men, you are the spiritual heads of your family, and you have a job to do to act and to believe and to follow the Lord. You don't sit around and make your wife step up to do the duty that you are supposed to do as the head of the household. But unfortunately, many men, you don't do that. You step back and then the wife has to step up and to try to fill the role that the man is supposed to be fulfilling. And unfortunately, in society today, women are stepping into a role, not only spiritually at times, but in society that was called out for a man because the men are too lazy to do what they're supposed to do. They're too much of cowards, and they're afraid that somebody might challenge them. And we have a messed up society today, and the book of Isaiah is fascinating because it talks about the world that we live in. And Isaiah 3, uh, I think it's chapter 3 and verse 12, listen to what it says. As for my people... Children are their oppressors and women rule over them. O oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. See God's saying, listen, there's going to be a time when the children are going to be in rebellion to their parents and women are going to rule over society. Does that sound like today? I think it does. And God says that is an error because those that are leading you are in error. And unfortunately, many of those are actually leading in the churches today because the men are nowhere to be found. This is the time when we need to attack by understanding first what is going on and we need to attack it. First and all, folks, we need to understand that these phones, these smartphones, they are not our friends. They help out with some with work. I understand that, but they are enemies. They distract and they destroy. And unfortunately today, we are becoming these techno junkie zombies out there, a half awake, half dead people who just want more information or technology to constantly feed the massive information of addiction. And folks, I've realized today, even in the body of believers, that this end time news is nothing more than an addiction that we get dopamine hits on by reading the next thing that's going wrong in the world instead of actually taking it to the Lord in prayer and seeking his face. Unfortunately, because of all this, this information addiction, there is now a disease that is known as pseudo-attention deficit disorder. This addiction usually begins with continuously using an information streaming service like television, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all these different ones, which gets in the brain, unaccustomed to idleness, always watching, reading, listening, something. Then it spreads into other forms of information retrieval activities. What numerous experiments have found is that our Dopamine neurons aren't interested in responding to the reward itself. Instead, they want to find the first reliable bit of information that predicts the reward. This is why we crave new facts, new information about the end times, new information, another new prophecy, another new vision in order to satisfy these dopamine levels in our brains. Folks, I was a drug addict for years. If you've never heard my story of my life of drug addiction, how God saved my life. I left the house in 1999 in March, strung out on crystal methamphetamines. I didn't even know how to get saved, and I met the Lord while driving down the road in my vehicle, and he saved my life and my family in one day. So I understand the not only the power of God, but what it means to suffer honest to goodness, true addiction. And these things that we're doing are no different. They have scanned people that are pedophile, excuse me, people that are pornography addicts and, and uh, people that are heroin addicts, and the brain scans are the same. Folks, there is an attack on the fortress of our mind. And we keep running and trying to get more and more information instead of actually doing something about it. We, we, we keep getting more information and yet never doing anything about it. Now I'm excited to have Pastor Coverstone on the program next week. But the truth is, I don't want to just hear another prophecy. I want to hear something that we are truly doing as believers to make a difference in these last days because your family depends on you, spiritual leader, of being a covering in your home. And if you're not praying for them, who is. I shared a while ago, I have a cousin that's involved in an inappropriate uh, relationship with the same sex, and it's horrible. It's, It's homosexuality, and I love her to death, and I know she dabbled in this before, and God got her out once before, and I know that if God got her out once before, he can get her out again, and I thank the Lord that I know about it now, And it's not being hidden from me, not because I want to condemn her, but because now I and my family members, we can war for her salvation and war for the deliverance that God has intended. Because just because you mess up again, doesn't mean that God has given up on you. But the truth is we need to really understand what it means to fortify our minds, to create or to allow God to create that fortress So that when it is attacked, it can withstand the fiery darts from the enemy. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 9, says this. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they may be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So here the devil is in an all out attack. It's prophesied in the very word of God. Without anybody singing saying a single prophecy uh, outside of the Bible, you know by the Bible itself you don't even need anything else to survive on the Word of God says right now that the devil is coming with all power signs and lying wonders to deceive and the problem is is that too many believers are taking pleasure in unrighteousness, meaning unholy living, ungodly living they don't need to follow the commandments of God anymore because that's works. Folks, you if you think you can disobey the commands of God, Jesus says, if you love him, keep his commandments. And those who do not do that, he calls you a liar. We are liars when we don't follow the commands of God. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has to be a free gift salvation. That way God can ne- will never owe anybody anything because it's impossible to put God into debt to someone. But the truth is, in this hour, we need to understand that too many believers are having too much pleasure in unrighteousness instead of seeking the Lord. And God says, that's fine. If that's what you like, I'm going to send you the ability to believe the lie. It doesn't say God's going to send the lie. No, it says that, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And the reason that they believe this lie is because they received not the love of the truth. You see, folks, it's not that you know all truth, but that when you receive truth, you are willing to follow the truth. Nobody has all the truth. And many times we're wrong on things. But when you are presented with absolute truth and you see it and then you choose not to follow it, well, we got a problem. If you've made an honest-to-goodness error, God understands. But when he has revealed the truth to you, now we always need to repent, but I'm saying something you just had no idea. But you are seeking God with all of your heart and he reveals truth and you refuse to follow it. You are now walking in the most dangerous grounds. God is out and he's fighting for us because he is warning us what is going on here the devil is trying to get into too many people's heads and if he can get into your mind the seat of your intelligence he can begin to numb you to the things of God and after a while things that we know were wrong and forbidden by God will begin to not bother us anymore and we will begin to justify our sins because our conscience gets dulled towards evil. See, if we fill our minds with unholy things and continually do stuff that God does not desire, then we open the door to the enemy to get a foothold. The reason the devil wants in your head is because he knows the scriptures are true when it Proverbs says, "For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is." The battle is spiritual, and the only way we can fight a spiritual battle is with spiritual weapons. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3, let's listen to the, what the Word of God says. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity Every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You see, what Paul is talking about, folks, is the ability to to actually rule over your thoughts. Only can be accomplished, though, when God is in control. You see, God wants us to have control over our thoughts. He wants us to bring them into captivity, into that fortress of captivity, of obedience into their, in your mind. And the only way that happens is when we begin to use the spiritual weapons that he has designed for us to war against them. Now, I learned a very powerful truth years ago from Pastor David Wilkerson. And I remember him telling this when I was a young believer, how to run to God in our minds. And I remember how I would go onto a job site. I was just converted and coming from strong lust and and all this different things and, and, and uh, every single sin of, of, of infidelity and drug addiction and pornography you could imagine. And I remember I had just been delivered and God was do, doing wonderful things in my life. But I could remember going onto a job site. And a woman was dressed completely inappropriately. And I remember just going straight into the bathroom and dropping to my knees immediately. And I began to war and to pray. God, take this from me. And if any mind even tried to ki- to get in there, I would sing a hymn, a spiritual song. I might even just sing, Jesus loves me. I-, I might say, pass me not, O gentle Savior. I may say, whatever came in some spiritual hymn, I would sing and I would pray. And sometimes, honestly, I would even squint my eyes and I would just keep going until the thought would pass and leave my mind and give it no foothold. And over time, God begins to build strength in us when we do this. So the first steps though, folks, into the fortification begins with a willingness to allow God to take control of every part of your life. You see, I wanted the Lord to rule over me. And when I gave my heart to him, I knew that he had to rule every part, even down to the thoughts in my life. Psalm 139 says it best. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So David's saying, listen, God, look deep inside of me. Show me what's wrong. And when you find it, lead me in the ways of everlasting. You know why he was praying that? Because he knows God wants to deliver him from what is wrong and lead him in the ways of everlasting. As God begins to reveal your sins and and, and lovingly shows us our shortcomings, many times we come up against this wall of, I just can't do it, Lord. And I know many of you, including myself at times, you feel like, I just can't do it. This feeling of not being able to overcome, knowing we need to change, desiring to change, but feeling often trapped like we can't change. Let's just be honest. This is where step number three comes into play prayer and fasting. You see, it begins with allowing God, wanting Him, saying, Lord, to rule over everything. And then you say, God, search me. But then we need to take it a step farther. And it's not because we're trying to earn God's favor. But fasting and prayer is like taking a bazooka to a knife fight. You see, there's the devil's coming at you with all kinds of knives and guns and different things, and God's saying, listen, I've got a howitzer I'm going to arm you with. And it's called prayer prayer. And fasting. And I just love Is uh Isaiah chapter fifty eight, when God says that He will break every yoke. Folks, I encourage people to read Isaiah chapter fifty-eight. It is the most powerful promise of deliverance of any sin that's binding you. And God says he'll break every, not some, not a few, every single yoke. Step number four, though, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 14, fortifying our mind, allowing God to rule over everything. Folks, I didn't say you were going to be able to, but you are now willing to allow him, give him, Lord, take control over my mind. Lord, I give you permission, not that he needs it, but he is not a God who forces. He wants you to come lovingly, and He so he wants you to ask him, to receive then what he has and say, Lord, I want to receive you ruling over my life. And Lord, I'm going to ask that in turn, you would search me because I'm opening up and Lord, I need you to look deep. And Lord, I'm, and when he shows it to you, we begin to repent and we fast and we pray and we seek God's heart and he begins to break us. But now we got to take it. Step number four, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 14, by him, therefore, Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So folks, the last one is arguably sometimes not the praise. is. It's one of the ones that is so often neglected. You see, we need to learn how to praise God, even when we don't feel like praising God. Because it's in those moments that you don't feel like praising God and you praise God. That's honestly, folks, when other people notice there's something different about you. I can tell you at times being in very stressful situations and keeping God in the forefront of my mind, having someone come up and say, How do you keep it together? How do you stay peaceful? Because it's Jesus living in me, not me living in the world who does the work. And even when I mess up, I know where to go to find forgiveness, to get back on the track again, because I know my God loves me. And sometimes, folks, you just gotta stop and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Even when you don't have the money, you don't have the job, you don't have whatever, you don't have the health, sometimes you just need to say thank you, even when it doesn't feel good. The fifth step, though. And this, folks, this is the one that is so overly neglected. Psalm one nineteen one oh five thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith it is it possible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. You see, the Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and he rewards those who diligently seek him. And see, if you don't read the word, You don't meditate upon the word and you don't seek him every day and not just I'm talking about not just a a, a chapter a day keeps the devil I'm talking about seeking God in his word and many say well I don't understand the Bible that's okay just read it anyways you will begin it takes time but God will make things start to click if you will diligently seek him he wants to know many times if you're in this thing for real or you're just simply playing games and listening to programs and talking and telling everybody else on their pages how wrong they are because you got everything right God wants you to seek after him times are tough and this world is a scary place and we are in the most dangerous point in this world's history and so many bad things are happening at once and Christians are being slaughtered around the world at an alarming rate and folks it is coming here to the United States one night a house had caught on fire. A young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father had stood on the ground below with outstretched arms, calling to his son, Jump! I'll catch you, the father said. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. All the boy could see, though, however, was the flame, the smoke, and the blackness. As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave that roof. His father kept yelling, Jump! I will catch you! But the boy protested, Daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, but I can see you. And that's all that matters. See, folks, God sees what's happening right now. He sends warnings through people to wake us up. And even though it seems like blackness and darkness and what's going on all around, folks, this is a part of what's going to happen. It's okay because it won't be long one day. We'll be in his kingdom with him forever and this will all be over. And I know many people feel like they're bound and they can't do this anymore and they've fallen into the very sins we've talked about tonight and you're wondering if God still is able and loves you. And the truth is he does. He does. And the fact that your spirit and your conscience still bothers you when you do this lets you know that God's spirit is still working on you. God has his eye on us right now. And everything for him is under control. But he wants us to fortify our minds with the tools He has given us so that we will go through these times with confidence in him. You see, folks, you can scream and yell and rebuke the devil all you want in your prayers. If you don't seek the Lord in your knees, in your prayer closet, and seek him with all your heart, reading his word, fasting, praying, you're doing nothing but screaming into the air. God wants us to know him personally. And in return, when we seek him, he will put a fortress in your mind that the devil cannot destroy. I challenge you. I dare you to take a break from this technology, to turn the news off for a little bit. Trust me, the world will continue to fall apart. I know we have to use it some, but we need to set it down as often as humanly possible. Turn off the distraction noise and get alone with your God. Build up your prayer closet and God will change your life. You got his word on it. It's time to fortify your mind. I'm going to pray. Father, in Yeshua's precious name, Lord, you know how weak we are in our flesh. And how often we want to do better, Lord, but we we mess up and we fail. We break promises, God. We don't want to break, but Lord, we want to keep our word. We want to do the things of God. We want to follow you, Lord. And we acknowledge right now at this moment that in our strength, we cannot do it. Like Peter thought he could do it, but he couldn't. And Lord, we acknowledge that we're not going to be like Peter was in that moment, but we were going to be like Peter was when he was filled with the spirit of the living God. Lord, when he walked by and is just his very shadow healed people because the power of God was resting upon him because Lord, he had. Obeyed the promise to remain in Jerusalem till the Spirit came from on high, Lord. And we need to do that tonight to believe and know that the promise will come again in this last day, Lord. That you will pour your Spirit out upon your people, so that we will be empowered to walk in holiness through these last hours to have victory and not defeat. That Lord, when we are faced with those trials, we can overcome them because the Spirit of God is now flowing freely through us, Lord. And we ask this in the name above. Every name, Yeshua, knowing that the shed blood that he went to the cross for is not only good enough to heal sin then, but it is good enough to cover us today in 2020 because it is enough. Yeshua is enough. Lord, we thank you for this promise and we believe in the victory because we've asked it, Father, in your Son's holy name. Amen. This is brother Frank on the remnant call saying to everybody good night and shalom. Oh, The word trumpet in Zion For the day of the Lord is come The word trumpet in Zion Sounded on the mountain The word trumpet in Zion